name's David Vardabedian. Thanks so much for tuning in to Get Real Sobriety. Hope you enjoy this show. Hello and welcome to Get Real Sobriety. Happy Hi. New Year. Happy New Year. Tasha Martin's here. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we're finishing up the book tonight. You know, we were talking a little bit about before we went live about the COVID thing and how, I don't know, it's a... You know, Amber Combie and Fitch variant. Yeah, or something yeah, exactly. Like I know these wild transformer names right. they keep giving the variants. The Delta variant. Yeah, know. Delta, Omicron, next is Delta Cron. Yeah. And uh, so everyone we know has gotten it, and knock on wood, we haven't. So, uh, or vinyl table. Yeah, vinyl, knock on vinyl exactly. Table. Particle um, board. So, yeah, tonight, uh, and we hope everyone's staying safe and this thing will go away at some point or. I don't know, we'll have to get a flu shot every year. Yeah, or something. something. Right? Um, so tonight we're talking about um, step 12. It's the last chapter in uh, the, all the series of, of the book we've been talking about. My book, 12 Steps Without God, available on Amazon <laughs> or on my website. And exciting news, too, is that um, my Audible book is out. Yes, you know? narrated by Mr. David Vardabedian. Yes, and the foreword read by Josh Brolin and Samantha Matern did uh, something else. And That's so, awesome. Yeah, so everyone's there. and um, Yeah, the gang's all here. Yeah, so if you don't like to sit down and read, and a lot of people don't. I mean, a lot of people listen to all these Audible books, which is great. Um, you can find me on Audible, the the. What is it? The it's like app. An app the, it's platform. an app on your phone, you know. And so, go there, find Twelve Steps Without God, not one, two, but twelve written out. And um, yeah, and listen to my voice. Go to CVS, <laughs> get some scented candles, get in the bath. You're or, right. Set the mood exactly. Right. Burn some incense. <laughs> yeah. And you know, get in the crisscross applesauce and and, yes. um, and 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 listen to my voice. Um, so I just wanted to plug that. But tonight we're going to talk about the last step in the 12 steps. Um, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we practice these, pr these principles in all our affairs. Or no, we carry the message of alcoholics and practice these principles mm -hmm. in all our affairs. I should know that by heart. Um, so, you know, I mean, the whole... You know, premise or essence of what we've been talking about, and kind of the not my philosophy, but you know what I talk about is energy and synergy in the book. Is that you know we're not relying on some out outside uh, source of um, for our spiritual for our you know it's like oh someone's going to save me. We're yeah. we're doing the work. We're going through the process of the steps. Um, to have a spiritual awakening and then so to define the spiritual awakening. What is that? And we've talked about that, a change in pers uh, perception, a change mm -hmm. in how you view things, a change in how you do things like Carl Jung talked about ideas, emotions, and attitudes. And so, you know, the way I look at step 12 is I kind of break it into three parts, you know, having had a spiritual awakening, um, as a result of these steps, what steps? The previous eleven. <laughs> the previous eleven. Know, yeah. Um, carry the message to other. Or practice these principles in all your affairs, and carry the message to other alcoholics. So it's kind of a three-parter. Yeah. And I don't know when you got to this or how it was explained to you. Kind of, you know. Um, um, 
I mean, I enlighten think, us on that. Yeah, I mean, I think I had different ideas about what the twelfth step was at different points in my recovery at different stages. So, I mean, I think right off the bat, my first inclination, just based on conversations I heard in the rooms, um, was that it's about service, sponsorship. You know, your twelfth step is is sponsorship, um, and uh, you know, then kind of as I gained more of a nuanced understanding of kind of what the 12th step really was, I mean, I think for me that first part that you mentioned is like the most, is the most important that having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. So without working this, the previous 11 steps, you can't expect to have a, this spiritual awakening that we're talking about. Um, and I mean, I think, you know, practicing these principles in all my affairs, I mean, again, it's really like, let's circle back to all the things we've just been talking about in, in the previous 11 steps. It's it's those principles, you know, that it isn't like, what principles are they talking about? Right. You know, this is very confusing. Uh, it's, no, I mean, I think because we read, you know, the 12 steps, like in order, pretty much at every meeting when you read chapter five, how it works, like, um, it becomes kind of like rote in a way where it, I don't know if you have this experience that like it kind of, the words lose their meaning because you hear them so much. Right. It's just like almost like parroting or something. You yeah. Know? It's like, and it's like, can we just get to the sharing already? I'm ready yeah, for the exactly, meeting. Right. How many times do you read, you know, the first part of chapter five? You yeah. Know? Or like chapter three. And then three. it's like, you know, I remember, I don't see it as much as people would, um, memorize it and like read it without you know or like recite it without even reading you know and I was like you're right I mean everyone reads it and then but really coming into what the meat and potatoes or the kale and carrots of it are (laughs) you know whatever wherever your fancy is is that I believe that you know the very the the very first part, and again, I break it down into three parts, is that having had a spiritual awakening. And what is that? You know, And so it, as the process of you're going through 1 through 11, you know, it is the change in perception. You're seeing things. You know? And in step 10, they talked about the, the sanity has returned. And, and you, know, you, you have to keep it in the context of your alcoholism or your addiction sanity in the fact is like i know i'm an addict i know i'm an alcoholic and i can't use safely no matter what and so when someone offers me a drink or someone offers me a line of coke or whatever it is i don't think god maybe this time it's going to be different my my thinking has shifted as a result of doing the action you know where he says you know you can't think your way into the right action you have to act your way into the right thinking yeah exactly and so i've just seen that it's it's the change in percept you know in your in the way you see things you know and the chicken soup guy who's uh jack canfield or whatever I don't know. yeah <laughs> he said you know when the thing that you when you look at what was it it's when you look at something differently the thing that you're looking at changes you know yes. it's like so you're just changing your perception of that you know and that's kind of the essence of alcoholics anonymous in, in working the steps you know so Coming to meetings, you know, taking newcomers to, you know, giving them rides or, you know, being a service is all great. But if you don't do the work, the steps, 
it doesn't seem like you would have that spiritual awakening or that spiritual experience, you know? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it, you know, it reminds me a lot too of like, you know, as great as, and as, you know, physical in-person meetings are, um, I remember hearing very early on in my recovery that, you know, that, you know, AA is not a social club that, you know, while the fellowship is great and it is, really like a key part, I think, of, you know, why obviously, you know, AA has been so successful and has helped so many people to recover. Um, I mean, it isn't just meetings. Right. You know, the the what we're really doing, the work that's really happening is is truly done in private. I mean, yeah. it's done internally. Um, and, you know, it is very much that like dark night of the soul mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, yeah, tra- I mean, it's almost like a, I mean forgive my kind of flowery language here, but it's like kind of like that transmutation, that like alchemy that happens, you know, where you're turning, you know, something into nothing or other way around. And you're getting back to what was always there. Yes. And we clouded it, you know, not to be so zen about it, but, you know, that very first part, you know, and I just, I kind of reiterate on that is having that spiritual experience or awakening. They say experience but it's the awakening as doing, you know, the work and and be, and thinking different, looking at things differently, reacting to things differently, you know. So having had that spiritual awakening as a result of the previous eleven steps, you know, and again, they're not saying, oh, as a result of being saved or as a result yeah. of being enlightened or as a result of being anything, you know. Um, so, and again. A lot of people come to a personal relationship with some kind of, you know, deity or God as a result of that. And that's fine. You know, I'm not poo-pooing that or discounting that. I'm just saying if that doesn't happen, that's fine. It's to me, it's more of this change of perception and and the way I perceive things. And then I I work on my other spiritual practices as a result of even doing this. I would have never even done that before, you know. For sure. No, and I think that, um, like I was just talking about this with somebody else, uh, that, you know, for instance, uh, like, you know, the work that we do in the fourth step, that, you know, we come to see ourselves as kind of like the common denominator in a lot of the issues that we have with others, that it isn't them, maybe it's us, you know, maybe it's the way that we handle situations. Um, and then, you know, you move on to the to the sixth and seventh step and you look at, you know, what behaviors exactly are driving that, you know? And then what what's the opposite of that? How do I change those things? Right, contrary action. Exactly, and then you move on to amends. And I think that what, at least for me, in coming to step 12, like, you know, there was this feeling of like, ah, I've done it, you know? I yeah. did it, I made it to the mountaintop. Cap and gown. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but then, you know, there is this feeling that, you know, okay, now I get to really apply these things. And then it is almost like that, you know, Wizard of Oz effect where it's like, oh, I've been applying them this whole time. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, and it's just, I was talking to, you know, I listened to that um, Sam Harrison waking up and it's like, and it's so, it's it, you know, he just reminds us of what we already know. He goes, but, you know, being in a meeting for that hour of that day or meditating for 10 minutes or 5 minutes or 20 minutes, 
is the practice of how we're going to act the rest of the other 23 hours a day, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, if I come in here and I pontificate or, you know, say a bunch of groovy stuff in a meeting and everyone's like, oh, that's so spiritual and you're so great. And and then I go out and just, you know, beat the dog and <laughs> kick the wife or whatever, you know? And <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, it, it's meaningless to me, you know? It's like, this is what we're learning and how to practice in our life, you know? And so if you sit down and meditate for 10 minutes and then get up and fire off that angry email or argue with your partner or whatever it yeah. is, it, it just doesn't make sense. And so I, you know, the next part of it, after we've had this change of perception and we know whether we practice it all the time, you know, it's just this awareness of like, this is the right thing to do. How can I get up and be a little better today than I was yesterday? And then the, the second part is that we try to carry this message to other addicts and alcoholics. Yes. You know, and, and so what does that mean? It's like, so what I've learned, you know, in the, my change of perceptions and how to work the steps, you know, and, and people go, well, I don't, you know, Dave, you know, we went through them, but I don't know them as good as you. And I'm like, yeah, because I've worked with thousands of other people and yes. that's what you do. Mm -hmm. If you get to a place where you're stuck, you're saying, well, what do I do now? And I'm with my sponsee. You make a phone call to me, to Tasha, or someone that's yeah. already worked through them and, and get their, you know, perspective on it. And the book's pretty descriptive, you know. Um, so carrying the message to other alcoholics, what does that mean? Is that, you know, it, it one, for me, it's essential to sit down and pass on the, the information yes. that you've already been given so freely because it's like oh i just keep this for myself and nothing and it's like that's like damming up the stream and uh, after a while it becomes stagnant everything needs to flow all the yeah. time to become fresh and new you know and so you know people go why do you go to this book study still and it's like i don't go there to learn more about the fucking big book i know enough about the big book you know and it's more about hearing other people's perceptions or you know perspectives on it and as well as to help other people that are there to hear my experience of, you know, 32 years plus. And so absolutely, yeah. I just, I, I think that carrying the message, and I hear this more than I don't, you know, guys that I know are women or people that have been in the program for a while, you know, 5, 10, 15 years. And they're like, you know, I'm, I mean, I don't think I, you know, my life's pretty good. I, you know, everything's groovy and going really well. And and uh, I've just, you know, I don't, I, the same shit at those meetings. And, you know, I, I just don't, I, I'm good, you know. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I go, when did you think it was about you? You know, it's not about you anymore. It's about carrying this message to other alcoholics. So that's kind of the second half of what I believe in, you know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and I think what is, what I thought was really kind of mind-blowing and, you know, as somebody, I mean, you know, I don't have 32 years. Right. Uh, um, but like when I start, when I first started sponsoring, that it was this moment of like, you know, you you do question yourself. And you're like, oh, am I really prepared to do this? I'm kind of a fuck up, you know? Like, what do I know? Am I qualified to do this? Uh, and then to get to talk to somebody about the steps and to like help them on that journey, like... It was wild. It was like I hear myself saying things that I can't believe I'm actually saying and that I genuinely mean. Right. You know, like having a conversation with a sponsee who is, you know, questioning the 
the spirituality, questioning, you know, the efficacy of the steps and right. does this really work? Can this work for me? You know, I think I'm, I've fallen too far down the rabbit hole. It, you know, I'm too fucked up. And to just be able to say, like, I get it. And to feel that with somebody else where it's like you're really on that level with someone. And we're not making anything up. This exactly. isn't like, you know, it's even like people, oh, you're trying to rewrite the big book. I know it's a companion. You know, yeah. my book, The 12 Steps Without God, is a companion to the big book, you know. And so yeah. where that is the language of the 1930s, this is more of the language of the 2000s, you know. And, Absolutely. And it brings it up, you know, generationally. And, and well, it meets people where they're at. <laughs> exactly. And so, and... And I think what's important, you know, again, is that so many people get stuck on that God thing. But I've never really sat down, well, maybe a a few times and read like my book or the big book, but I usually work with another person. And there's no better, like, I don't know if I've felt ever any better in anything than being able to sit down with someone, give them the information that was given to me so freely and watch the light comes on or not. It's even, you know, I've done this thousands of times and, you know, I don't know how many people stayed sober or clean or, mm-hmm. you know, but for me that it's just so invigorating. It's so amazing. It's so spiritual that um, that's like, again, the essence of the program is to, is to give away so freely what's been given to us. You know? No, and I think that, I, I remember actually, I mean, interestingly enough, I remember thinking about that concept, that like, you know, giving back what was so freely given to us. I mean, I remember thinking about that a lot when I was in treatment um, and I was really freshly, freshly clean um, because, you know, I... I just remember thinking about all the people that had kind of helped me along the way to get to that point and that like they weren't getting anything for helping me or, or these different sponsors I'd had over time or people that I, women that I'd lived with in sober living and um, just this idea that, you know, and I think it was really influential in why I have been able to stay clean and sober today is that I see this kind of like this linear path of like all these people that have helped me that it takes a village you know that it isn't like I'm not here on my own I'm not just out I'm not some rogue agent out there just trying to fumble my way through this like I have this huge community behind me and people who will come to help when I ask for it like I have to ask for it kind of um what's like forge the trail or something, yeah. you know, and like there's people that have gone and that's the, you know, the reciprocity of it or the, you know, the cycle of life of like being able to give away something that comes back. And I'm telling you again, yeah, I mean, I know a lot about the 12 steps because I've worked the 12 steps with a lot of people, not because I went to, you know, like class Some about special workshops. Yeah, yeah. workshops. Yeah. I mean, I did that way back when with Joe and Charlie, but that was more about the big book comes alive. But it, it's once you, you know, when you get with a sponsee and work these steps, carry the message to other alcoholics and addicts. It's just, there's not, you know, there's no more of a gift that you can give, you know. Absolutely. And especially you're not sitting down and, you know, going through the steps and then it's like, okay, I'll send you my bill at the end of the day. You know, this isn't like, you know, sober coaching or anything. This is about 
because that would that would take the magic away from it, you know. And and again, when I sit down, I know with my sponsor when he first said, you know, I'll sponsor you, he goes, look, I'm I'm willing to give you my time if if you're willing to put in the work. Yeah. And he said, but the one promise that you have to make to me is that once we go through all this and once you understand this, you know that you're going to give this away like I gave it to you. And that that's kind of the promise, you know. And and that's what's happened in my life more than, you know, I even expected it to. And and um, I just, God, there's, you know, that carry the message. And again, you know, people say, well, me just being present in a meeting is carrying the message. Yeah, there's an element yeah. to that. But, you know, what we're talking about are the 12 steps and how the 12 steps work. Yeah, and I'm, I definitely think that there are more ways to be of service than just sponsorship. Um, and I don't mean to be on a soapbox about this because I don't want to like, I mean, everybody has their own reasons for wanting to sponsor or not wanting to sponsor. Um, but I would say that I think that everybody who has, like you said, like benefited from, you know, a sponsor giving their time to them to, you know, take them through the steps that I think that everyone should at least like try. Um, Or, you know, there are other ways of being of service. And I understand that life gets very full. Um, And, you know, but I mean, I know that, you know, my relationship that I have with my sponsor, like I value so much. Um, and that it's just such a cool thing to do. Like, yeah, take people to meetings and go on panels. And I mean, those, those roles are so important. Having, having service commitments at meetings. Um, I mean, AA wouldn't function or any 12 step fellowship, AA, NACA would out without those roles. Um, but at the core of it, I mean, I think that, you know, being willing to, like you said, it's that reciprocity, it's that boomerang, you know, Mm -hmm. of like, Someone was willing to do this for me. Right. You know, the, the thing is, I, was, I just had a thought. It's like, you know, there's so many different ways, not different ways, but like kind of people's um, different approaches. Like I know some people are like, well, you know, fucking Bill Wilson got sober and he just sat down the bread and they went through all the steps, you know, at that yeah. point. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I mean, if that's your thing, you know, um, rushing it through, you know, for sure. You know, yes. that, that's one way to do it. And some people, you know, I don't know. I, I, you know, I can't suggest like what the right way to do it is. It's yeah, like it's so people personal. go all to do a step, um, you know, a month or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if that's the right way. It's like, you know, because if you look at steps one, two, and three, you know, if you're ready, you're kind of ready to make that decision <laughs> and sure. go on with the, you know, six through nine. But the point being is that, if you get a sponsor and they say, hey, look, you know, this is what we're going to do, X, Y, and Z, and it's faster than you expected, that's fine, too. You, can, you know, yeah. I can't mm-hmm. tell you how many times I've gone through the steps, you know. And again, breaking them down, 1 through 3, 4 through 9, 10 through 12. And 10, 11, and 12 are mostly the growth steps, you know. Yeah. Continue to take personal inventory when I was wrong, promptly admitted, sought through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with my higher power, you know, praying for knowledge of their will and the power to carry that out. And then now we're at 12 where having had that spiritual awakening, a change in our the way we think, the change in the way we act, a change in the way we react is really That's, huge, I think, right? Even, yeah. And a change in, 
of living. That's it. Carrying the message, you know, whatever way that is. But I think the point I was making at the beginning is this, is that other pe- people, different people in the programs, whether it's NA, CA, AA, Al-Anon, whatever it is, have different approaches to taking the steps. But at the bo- at the end of the day, they're the 12 steps. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think I was telling you about that guy. He's like, well, I really, I, you know, I just want to know why I'm an alcoholic. And I'm like, okay, I'll tell you. You know, I talked about, you know, brain chemistry. Yeah. talked about, you know, um, the allergy and all of this and read him the Roland Hazard story of, you know, going to Carl Jung and then knowing all the triggers, then he was drunk again. <laughs> but I said, no, knowing that you're, you know, why you're an alcoholic, okay, but then what, you know? And he's like, yeah, but I just, you know, AA is not, I'm not resonating with it. And mm-hmm. I go, dude, I don't have plan B. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you've studied Zen Buddhism or you've done this. I'm like, that's not what the 12 steps are. You know, yeah. all spiritual programs have kind of the same premise behind them. But what we're talking about here are the 12 steps that originated from Alcoholics Anonymous from the Oxford group, six steps into 12 steps mm-hmm. with uh, Alcoholics Anonymous and then all the you know adaptations of them in Narcotics Anonymous. It's not even, if you look at all the 12 steps, any other pro- program, I don't know, like Narcotics Anonymous, we're powerless over our addiction. Yeah. Um, CA, I think they just use the same thing. I think they use the same language, yeah. yeah. Addiction, you know, or Al-Anon and powerless over the alcohol, whatever yeah. it is. Um, and excuse me if I'm, you know, not saying it right, but the point is that there are 12 steps yeah. and it has not a, not a lot to do with what you were taking, yeah. drugs you were taking. And then it becomes about how you can change, you know, because it's all about change. It's yeah. all about changing your perception, all about how you're going to react, how you're going to act, how you can become a better person every day. How can you not repeat the same fucking behavior? How do you be of service to other people? I think, I mean, I think that that for me, like really is in so many ways, like once you get over like the first couple hurdles that, you know, that 12 step recovery throws at you, you know, just I'm powerless over my addiction. My life is unmanageable. Um, you know, I am not the center of the universe, you know, essentially those are big hurdles to get over for people like us, you know? Um, but I think that, you know, being of service to other people, other living things, you know, I mean, as you know, you know, David, yeah, I work, people I work with animals, yeah, you so. know, and I find that incredibly healing, like that I get to help animals that are in crisis that are, you know, in an emergency setting, you know, like that has been a huge part of my recovery. Other sentient beings. Yeah, know, like, exactly. Right. And their owners, geez, yeah. you know, uh, but to have the presence of mind to know that like my purpose you know, I don't need to know, like, you know, what's the meaning of life, you know, in some big, grandiose way. But I do know that for, you know, on the day to day, like, my purpose is to be of service to other people. How can I help? What can I do to be helpful? You know, I don't want to be something that clogs up the machine. I want to be right. something that helps it, you know, flow. What is, you know, Dr. Bob said, if you could, you know, if you could categorize this or encapsulate this program in two words, what would it be? Love and service, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And, and then you can, you know, expand what that truly means to yourself, you know? Compassion, empathy, sympathy, all the things that have, being a service, like you said, to other people, where as alcoholics, as addicts, as we, were, as we are, 
in our disease, we're the most self-centered, immature fucking babies in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, everything's, everything's about us is and fault. everyone's mm-hmm. doing uh, to us, then we're the victims of everything. Yes. Know? Yeah, it couldn't possibly be what we're doing no, ever. ever. Yeah. Right. It's not, it's like, you know, I love the line. I used to use it a lot, you know, well, leave me alone. I'm not hurting anybody but oh, myself, yeah. you know, but oh, really? You know, when you use or, you know, you can count. If, if, if you started using, if I started using today, I can count. 10 people I would affect immediately. Immediately, yeah. You know, just not without even thinking. The same thing goes as when you get sober, if you're listening to this podcast, when you get sober, when you get clean, 10 people immediately are affected. You know, if your parents are still alive, your sisters, your brothers, your workplace, you know, your friends, your partners, you know, your oh, yeah. spouses, you know, e- children. I your mean, coworkers. Coworkers, you know, everything. So, yeah. Um, it's so important to think about, you know, the three parts of the step. Having had that spiritual awakening, defining what the spiritual experience, the spiritual awakening is, and then, you know, how you've changed. Yeah. You know, how you've really humbled yourself and be able to look, yeah, fuck, these are behaviors that I do not want to change, I do not want to keep doing. Yeah. I'm going to look at them. Yeah, it's a process. Everything's not going to change over, over, you know, overnight. And then how can I do things differently? How can I be of service instead of being a taker? Yes. You know, what are the things I can do? What are the behaviors that I was doing as an active addict that I can change now. And that's what the process of the steps. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think about that line from the, from the big book, you know, to be a, a, a friend amongst friends and a worker amongst workers, um, you know, to be a, I mean, they say, you know, a man amongst men, I think, yeah. but a person amongst a person. people, you know, yeah. like to be a, a functioning member of the human race the human experience i mean i remember so many times in the you know being in the depths of my addiction and like you know having been up all night long and you know deep in paranoia and the dope sickness coming on and looking out the window and seeing people just going to work and living their normal lives and like i just wanted that so badly you know like i i resented them and i was so jealous and i didn't know how they did it, you know? And now it's like, it's crazy to think that two years later, you know, I I am, I am living that. And right. that's really, it really is cool. And it is because so many people, you know, along the way freely gave their compassion, their empathy, their sympathy, their, their love to me along right. that way. Yeah. And again, it, you know, not to go to Zen or esoteric, but it's not something that you're getting. It's something that's already there. Yeah. And we're just getting back to that, you know, of who you are in the pure bliss form. You know, how many babies do you know that are anxious or, you know, <laughs> fucked up? Full or, of existential yeah, dread. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, you're just getting back to that purity, you know, and it's, and it's a process. And it's, you know, there's not going to be, you know... The, it's a metamorphosis of like just becoming more and more. And they said, you know, when they, that one saying the road gets narrower, you know, mm-hmm. what does that mean? It's like, well, I won't be so, you know, like, you know, I won't be so anxious at one. I won't be so depressed at once. I'm going to be a little more balanced at some yeah. point. You know, I'm going to be able to like, if you say something to me, 
I'm not going to just do a knee-jerk reaction. You know, I'm going to be able to go, hmm, that's interesting. I think this conversation is best if I leave because if anything I say, yeah. you know, is not going to be productive. Well, yeah, to have that pause, right. you know. Pause when agitated. Exactly, you know? yeah. And sometimes the best thing to do is nothing. Yes. Not do anything at all. Take that 24 hours, you know. And so these are all the changes. These are all the transformality, you know, everything that's transforming in your life is the essence of the 12 steps, you know, is change. Changing and looking at all these fucking behaviors and digging, you know, getting rid of all that shit that we put on ourselves, you know, the shame, the blame, the guilt, the, you know, resentment, all of that stuff. You know, do we do the steps again? Absolutely. You know, I mean, it says in step 10, it's kind of encapsulated all the steps. Yes. You know, it says continue to take personal inventory when we're wrong, promptly admit it. But when you get down to the carrot and kale of it, meat and potatoes, (laughs) is that it's it's like all of it encompasses, you know, in, in one. It's all encapsulated in one. And so you don't have to go back and, you know, you are going to be taking inventory. And like I said, when you do that first inventory in step four, it's like a six part, you know, it's like read it, look at character defects, look at the people on your list that you need to make amends to, make direct amends. And so that's what's going to happen in the rest of your tenure of of your recovery. Yes. And that's how I look at it. And, you know, and so that's the first two parts of step 12, you know, having had the spiritual awakening or experience, carry the message to other addicts and alcoholics, Mm -hmm. and then becoming, like you say, a service to all mankind or all sentient beings. Then the last part is to practice these principles in all our affairs. And you're like, well, what principles? You know? Well, thank you know, thankful to me, thankful to the 12 step leadership, they kind of took each step and put a principle next to it. So it's the specific principles we practice step by step, it says step one is honesty, step two is hope, step three is faith, step four is courage, step five is integrity, step six is willingness, step seven, big one, humility, mm-hmm. step eight, I don't know, brotherly love or you know, worldly love, yeah. let's just say, right? It's kind of sexist there. Uh, <laughs> step nine, justice. And then step 10, perseverance. Uh, Step 11, spirituality with your meditation, right? Yes. And then step 12 is the service step, you know, because you've had this transformation and your service, and then you're living by this set of principles. And you can find the principles, um, I believe, in the big book, um, but on page 178 in the 12 Steps Without God, available on Amazon. (laughs) Not one, Not two, one, two. Yeah, yeah, 12, 12 right now. <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, you think about it, the, you know, living your life differently than you did before, you know. I, I think I, we talked about this before, is so I kind of wrote out a values list of, mm-hmm. of what I, you know, what are my values? Yeah. You know, and what are my goals and how can I achieve these values in life, you know? Um, some of the top two are trust and respect. You yeah. know, I want to be able to trust and respect 
the people that I'm around, you know, because if that's gone, then everything gets a little dodgy at that point. You know? uh, yeah. Yeah. Those are kind of like foundational things for it any is, relationship. You know. I mean, any interaction right. really. And you think about it like, you know, a lot of spiritual programs, you know, in, in Buddhism, they have the eightfold path, you know, the 10 great precepts. Christianity is the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. or the Sermon on the Mount. You know, in different religions have this. It's just a guideline of progress, not perfection. You know, yes. this is what I want to strive to. I want to strive for a perfect ideal, knowing that I'll never be perfect. Yes. You know? Because, yes, we're going to fall at some point. You know, we're going to, you know, fall short of doing that at some point. But that, it's not like, oh, you know, and even Maya said this on, I forget, she made a, a video when she was doing like, you know, readings or, mm-hmm. you know, some kind of witchery, whatever <laughs> yeah, does, yeah. like awesome stuff that she does. And she said, look, you know, if you're on TikTok for two hours and then you're like beating yourself up because you were on TikTok for two fucking hours, have more compassion for yourself and just go, look, it's okay. It was just entertaining. Yeah. And, and I got sucked into TikTok for two hours, you know. It happens to the best of us. Exactly. It really does. Right? It's just, it's entertainment at the, you know, at our fingertips, you know. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that, yeah, we're all only human yeah, for exactly. better better or for worse, you right. know. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that whenever I, like when I hear that uh, part of, you know, step 12 to carry, to practice these principles in all my affairs, I mean, I, I always think of honesty, open-mindedness and willingness. Yes. That those are like the core for me, like the, the, uh, the characteristics that I try to kind of imbue into my life every day. I try, those are the things I strive for. Um, honesty, usually not so much a problem. Um, but the open mindedness and the willingness, you know, like I find myself getting frustrated with people or, um, you know, where, you know, that thing where you just think you're right all the time and yes. like people are wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all fall into that. Or I'm, your opinion is the only one that matters. Yeah, like obviously <laughs> I'm right, you yeah. know. Uh, so I think that, you know, I those are the kinds of like, you know, kale and carrot, like you said, yeah. kale, you know, meat and potatoes right. type. Because um, I mean, I know that this huge list exists of, well, not huge, I guess it's 12, 12 yeah. <laughs> principles, but... Um, or Eightfold Path, or, or Ten Great or, Precepts, or Ten Commandments. But, you know, if you look at them all, they're all about the fucking same. It, it, yeah, I mean, exactly. It's, all, it's the same trail going up to the same top of the mountain. They're yes. all just, just different there. Um, you know, I, I heard this great podcast with this Catholic nun that had been a nun for her whole life, basically. And she wasn't even, t- you know, it's it's about all of the different spiritual programs leading to one. And all of, you know, what we're talking about is trying to live by a set of principles and trying to get up and do a little better yes. yesterday. How, you know, and, and this has been a big one this year, is how can I show up differently? Yes. How can I be a better partner? How can I be a better employee? You know, how can I be a better citizen or whatever it is? Friend you know, or... Friend, you know, yeah. And father, I, you know, to my daughter. Absolutely. You know. And I think you, you, you know, kind of hit the nail on the head too with it's just like, you know having values and living by those values right. that, you know, making those things a priority. Cause I, I mean, I know I, I certainly thought I had values when I was out there using, drinking and using. Um, but whether or not I was actually like living up to those values was another thing. Right. Um, 
And I and it is something that I do try to be authentic and uh, to, you know, be a person that I it, I'm not just all talk. Right. You're walking the talk, yes. whatever you say. You know, that's what, you know, going back to what I said earlier about, you know, being so prolific and saying all this great stuff in a meeting is kind of meaningless if unless, you know, you live that outside the meeting because, yeah. you know, the meeting is one hour a day and what are you going to do with the other time that you're interacting with people? And, and really trying, you know, it's, again, it comes back to just being awake and being aware of what, you, how your yes. reactions are. And again, those slip back into past trauma and you can go into all that psychological stuff of shame and guilt and how we were raised and all of that. But truly, it's if we want to be different. And yes. I do. I want to be different than I was a year ago, than I was oh, yeah. yesterday. You know, I want to show up in my relationship with my fiance differently than I did before. You know, yeah. I don't want to have the insecurities that I had. I want to be able to be completely transparent and be completely honest, have respect for both of us. And that, you know, what we talked about, the re reciprocity of that going yeah. back and forth. When you have that, then you have something to build a relationship on. If those, if those are not there, it's kind of a non-starter, you know. But like <laughs> yeah. you said, the how thing, you know, honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. And willingness is completely being, you know, humble. You know, it's like having that humility to say, God, yeah, I have these opinions, but yeah, I'm willing to look at something different. You yeah, know? yeah, well, and, maybe I'm not right. You exactly. Know? <laughs> and and it's not like, do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? It's like, it's being open to other points of view and not being so rigidly attached to yes. mine. You know, and I'm fucking rigidly attached to mine. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. But like to you know listen to someone who's so politically has such a different political view than I do. And go, you know, instead of saying that guy's a fucking idiot, you know, I was like, well, let me see why they're, you know, have compassion, why their belief is like that. And I still might not agree with them, you know, yes. and I've had that conversation. Well, like when someone says something, I don't even want to get into the politics of it, but I'll just yeah. say, wow, that's an interesting point of view. I don't agree with it, but, you know, you have yeah. a right just as much of a right as I have to have it. You know? Yes. Yeah, no, I think in the last two years, all of us have had those conversations with people yes. <laughs> one way or the other. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. And just, you know, being more flexible. Like I try to think about, you know, being in the flow of life rather than swimming against the current. Right. You know? And, you know, not trying to go upstream and like, you know, like they say in step three when he talks about, the actor, not the director, yes. the actor yeah. trying mm -hmm. to arrange the scenery, arrange all the players in his way, and it's just resistance. Yeah, It's not like, okay, I'm going to come in and do my part. If I have some ideas, it's okay to share them, but I'm not going to, you know, they wrote this script, they have an idea, it's not yeah. my fucking idea, they hired me to be an actor, not a director, not yes. a producer, and I'm going to do my part in it. And I'm going to be, what you said, a people amongst people. Yeah. You know? And not try to, you know, because if I grip onto something so hard and that's, you know, it goes back to that, like, you know, not being, you know, attachment to that. Yes. You know? I have an attachment to this idea. I have an attachment of the way things should be instead of the way things are. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. And then we just get back into that cycle of trying to force our vision of things onto a world that it just, it, that isn't how things are. Right. Um, you know, and I think that, um, I think especially with everything that's gone on within the pan with the pandemic and, you know, a lot of us are kind of coming to that realization that, you know, re- reality is what it is regardless of what we, the vision we want to force upon it and that how are we going to work and and how are we going to live in this world that might look differently? Yeah. You know, how like you said, how are we going to show up to that? Yeah. You know? And it is going to be different, you yeah. know? I mean... It would have been different regardless. Exactly. I mean, things are happening because of, you know, the whole nother podcast exactly. of what's happening. Exactly, yeah, yeah. But, you know, if you look at, like, how I might view... You know, yeah, I can say, yeah, I, I'm not, you know, against vaccinations. I got them. You know, I got the measles or the mumps when I was a kid. Yeah. I got, you know, whatever they else they had, smallpox or I don't know. Oh, kind of, I got all the vaccines. I got yeah. all of them, you know, for school and it was required. And it's not like I'm like, oh, it's a big conspiracy to put a chip in me. I mean, what are they going to find out from me? Not much about the 12 steps. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that's how I feel too. Like, really? Okay. But someone that's so passionately against it, I have to have compassion for that. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. have to sit around and hang out with that person if there's a, a public health issue yes. or a public health problem, but I can still have more compassion. I'm like, just go, that's a fucking idiot. What, what, what's wrong with yeah. them? You know, and I can say, well, you know, I have friends like that. You know, like yeah. especially in Costa Rica where I just got back from a couple months ago is like there's a whole. Um, constituency of people are like fuck this we're going off the grid you know and i'm like okay that's cool i mean if that's what you want to do i you know i play music right i mean a lot of the bars are Mm -hmm. not allowing people in that aren't vaccinated i want to move around the earth i don't want to just sit down you know with my coconut and juice my own thing and you know (laughs) get off the grid but i i do understand that that people have that and that's I think that's their that's their passion. And that's great. Totally, yeah. that's their prerogative. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I always look at like, is that if, how much is that affecting me? You know, right. in my everyday life. Right. I mean, I can obviously I could totally spin out into oblivion with thinking about, oh, how is this really affecting me? Because I think everything affects me because I'm you know yeah, you're the selfish and self centered <laughs> naturally. So, um, but it's like you know, on the day to day. I go to my job, I hang out with my dog, uh, I see my family, (laughs) like, and I try to really focus my energies on that, you know what I mean? And that even, you know, that to me is being of service, you know, I mean, I'm of service to my family that I, you know, really was terrible to for a really long time. Um, And it is like a living amends, you know, and I get to go to work and show up and suit up for people that I don't always like, you know. Uh, that's just the way that things are. Um, but you know, it's practicing those principles of, you know, compassion and, uh, honesty and, and trying to just be the best version of myself I can be at that time. And that's all I feel like I can do, do, you know, you know, it comes back to, it's like, it's not my job to go out and convince every addict and alcoholic that this is the way, because one of the things that they said in the program that this is a this is a program of attraction, not promoting. Mm-hmm. We're not out, you know, with a fucking drum marching down. Yeah, State with a big Street, banner. Yeah, you know, like, hey, you need to be saved, and oh you're in a rotten hell if you don't do this. And the point is, is I don't think any. I've never promoted myself as uh, 
sponsee or a teacher of this, people have come to me and said, I like what you shared. Yes. Can we sit down and have a cup of tea or have a coffee? And can I learn more about what you know about this program? Yeah. It's never been about, you know, the Dave V show and yeah. like just, you know, go on and be evangelical or something like that. You know, no, it, I don't it think it would have lasted this long, you know, yeah, if, exactly. if it were like that. No. And that's the... That's the beauty of of the twelve step programs, is that it, it's it, you know there, it doesn't cost anything to come here, you know it doesn't, yeah. you know you sit down and sponsor people they don't send you a bill for two hundred and fifty dollars after <laughs> you're done, you know and not knocking therapy or anything like that everybody has you know I've been I think, in therapy yeah, it's <laughs> very important too exactly so. You know, so going just to kind of, you know, recap of what we talked about, you know, in step 12 is, you know, having had that awakening, having that spiritual experience or awakening is a change in perception, a change mm-hmm. in the way we do things, a change in the way we react. And then, you know, carrying the message of how we do that, how we can take someone else through the steps, yeah. you know, and then to practice the principles in all your affairs. Write a values list, you know, write a, um, you know, goals list of how you want to become, you know, yeah. and then work towards that. And how do you work towards that is just doing a little bit something different every day. Show up a little differently than you did yesterday, you know? Yeah, Exactly. You know. Little steps will get you far over time. Exactly. Well, we did it. I think we did it. Yeah. The whole book. Damn. Right? I mean, there's other really cool stories in there and, and really nice pictures of They're me. They're really nice me. pictures. You playing live music. <laughs> yeah. There's a wonderful intro by Josh Brolin. Oh, that's right. And <laughs> and me being in prison. Oh, yeah. Getting stabbed. And that's <laughs> uh, all, you know, things that happen just on Tuesday. Afternoon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what we're going to do next is, you know, the podcast does continue and um, I think next is going to be Tasha and one of her friends, friends associates and, and talk about, mm-hmm. you know, life after sober living and then we'll have other topics. I'm a, a friend of mine that is coming up, you know, and I'm old, you know, I'm 66. <laughs> We've known each other since the eighth grade. So take 13 years off to 66 and that's a lot. So 50, <laughs> 53, did I do the math right? 53 years? Yeah, you know? something, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so him and I have been friends 53 years. He got sober in 82. Okay. And so um, 82 or 83 and I got sober in 89. So we're old, we're old dope fiends, but you know, it's all, it's nothing really changes, you know, except for the players. So Yeah, yeah, tune in for that. I know. Thanks, Tasha. Yeah, thanks, David. All right, see you guys next time. I'd like to thank all the people that are involved in making this happen. Gerald Jones for producing and engineering this podcast. He's absolutely brilliant. Follow him on Instagram at Sonia HTML. His music is amazing. Maya Grace for her hair and makeup. I know what you're saying. This is a podcast. Why do you have hair and makeup? We just want to look awesome for each other. See you next time.